We're not gonna fight about it right now because that would yeah. be unprofessional. Yeah, we'll fight about but. it when the cameras are off. <laughs> yes. Hi, everybody. Hello. <laughs> My throat just made an insane noise. Uh oh. <laughs> We're off to a good start. <laughs> Welcome to Please Bless This Podcast. Listen, this is the podcast where two sisters talk about all things Mormon and pop culture and mm-hmm. whatever else we want. Yep. And if you don't like it, please keep listening until you out. do. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, every episode is different. I feel like I'm a different person every time I get in front of the microphone. Mm. So maybe this week That's beautiful. you'll like me and you won't be like, gosh, she's annoying. Isn't she the worst? Yep. Let's give it a try. Today we are doing something a little bit different. Mm. We are going to talk about sort of one-off throwaway jokes and references to Mormons in pop culture that isn't explicitly about Mormons so like just a movie where there's a random Mormon joke Mm -hmm. we want to dig into some of those examples and rate the jokes Mm -hmm. first of all and um and then just sort of unpack them a little bit so we've yeah we've come up with a little bit of a a rating system let me break it down we're gonna rate them using three criteria first how funny they are Second, how accurate they are. And third, how uncomfortable they made us when we were active Mormons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how, how closely we clutched our pearls, yes. our little Mormon pearls. Just how much anxiety we felt about the damage control we were going to have to do with our friends. Yeah, how high our heart rate went up. Yes. Like as soon as we heard it. So um, today we're just going to focus on a couple, but we, we feel like this could be a recurring segment that we do. And we really want to like enlist listeners help in compiling examples like this mm-hmm. because there are so many, but there's not a great place to go. There's not like a database of these examples. No that we can turn to and we want to be the database yes so let's become the database yeah it's always been my dream to be a database yes we'll kick it off in this episode with a couple of examples but if you have some that you want to have rated on our uh objective and scientific and important scale then you should send them to us at pleaseblesspod at gmail.com please do where should we begin Let's talk about two weeks notice. Uh, a, a great film, an important film. That's a really important film. <laughs> yeah. I think that everything Hugh Grant's done has been of the utmost importance. Big Hugh Grant fan. I loved him in Paddington 2. Oh, <laughs> Elisa, you're speaking my language. I think yeah. Paddington 2 is the pinnacle of his career. Yeah. He's my prime minister at the end of the day. He's my prime minister. I also have seen him on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, Mm. where he's asked questions about co-stars he's had. Questions that like another person would be like, I'm not willing to answer that. And he just answers like oh. Andy Cohen was like what do you think of Renee Zellweger and he was like oh she's nuts she's out <laughs> to lunch she's batty 
Love. And I was like, oh, wow, he is not holding back. But when he was asked about Sandra Bullock, first of all, he called her Sandy, which I love. Wow. Second of all, he sang her praises. He just thinks so highly of her. Yeah, I mean, if he's the prime minister, she's the secretary of state. Ooh, no, I accept that. I accept yeah. that. Or she's like the governor of like, I don't know, somewhere <laughs> kind of trashy, but hot like you know oklahoma i don't know (laughs) sorry we're off the rails we're (laughs) off the rails okay so let's talk about the mormon joke in two weeks notice you blink and you miss it but (laughs) i in 2002 was more when i left the theater it was the only thing i remembered So Sandra Bullock's character is angry at Hugh Grant's character because he invites a woman to an event that they are, have been planning to go to together. And she's complaining about this to a friend and the friend says to Sandra Bullock, like, well, he invited you too. Like, it's not a big deal. And Sandra Bullock says, how many women do you think a man should take to dinner? Maybe in Utah. (gasps) That's the whole joke. Wow. Like a knife straight to the heart. Yes. The word Mormon is not used, but, but I knew, I knew what it was about. We all know. Polygamy, the lowest hanging. I know. Can they come up with something else? (laughs) There are so many reasons to make fun of Mormons. Yes. And we're always just hammering away at polygamy, which is if you you know, can have a sense of humor about it. It's pretty funny. It's definitely one of the things to make fun of, but it's not all there is. And what we found in our research for today's episode, it, it shows up an awful lot. It really takes yeah. up a lot of space. Comedy writers step up. Yeah. Do better. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, rate this joke. How many women do you think a man should take to dinner? Maybe in Utah. Okay. On a scale of one to 10, how funny? I don't, I don't really think it's funny. It's like a, it's like a two or three, you know? Yeah. I I'm right there with you. I actually think it feels like a first draft of that joke, Mm -hmm. you know, sure. Make an allusion to polygamy there. Fine. But Mm -hmm. do it better than this. How many women do you think a man should take to dinner? Maybe in Utah, maybe. And like the delivery just isn't very, there's not like a a rhythm or a pizzazz to it. I just no pizzazz back to the writer's room with that one, please. Yes. I wonder if she improvised that line. Mm. Ooh. It, maybe we'll have to invite her on the podcast and ask one yeah. day. Scale of one to 10, how accurate is this joke? I mean, whatever. It's medium accurate. Mm-hmm. Plenty Four of polygamists in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. It's not not accurate. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to make a joke about a guy seeing multiple women at once, yeah. Utah. I guess Utah's sure. probably where it's happening. So, you know a five sure although they're probably not going out to dinner because no no you know there's a stigma around it you can you kind of keep that under wraps but whatever whatever five okay being generous in 2002 how uncomfortable did this joke make you i mean i don't recall but i can Mm -hmm. imagine Mm -hmm. i can imagine that i would have had a little mormon chip on my shoulder about this Mm -hmm. It's oh, it was always there was always an internal conflict because as a Mormon, you want to have a sense of humor about being a Mormon. 
mm-hmm. because it's how you get through without being super bullied by everybody. Yes. You know, you, you have to be to... able to laugh at yourself to get yeah. by in the world. Yeah. But then you're also fighting that urge to be like, well, actually, <laughs> Um, that it would not be completely accurate because yeah. Mormons don't actually practice polygamy. Like, I don't know if you know this. Right. And they haven't for like more than a hundred years. Yeah. Get yeah. your facts straight, Sandra Bullock. Yeah. I'm never seeing another Sandra Bullock film again. <laughs> I mean, I would have never said that. Oh, God never. bless her. God it never her. came to that. No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, on a scale of one to 10, this, this was a 10 for me. <laughs> which is absurd right that's it's really funny absurd yeah but at the time I was uh I was mortified by this joke in thinking back on it for this episode I was like what on earth made me feel so uncomfortable when I heard a joke like this uh-huh. as an act of Mormon and I think it's like a couple of things I think one is that as a Mormon you are constantly pressured to defend the church mm-hmm. from like as young as you are aware of the fact that you're a Mormon and the fact that people think that's weird right immediately even as we're talking about this I'm thinking about like primary songs we sang that like indoctrinated us into this like yeah I belong to the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I know you're supposed to be proud Mm -hmm. and you got to keep a chip on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. Keep, you know, keep yourself on your toes, Mm -hmm. you know, because everybody else is hearing the joke about Mormons in the movie. So if you don't speak up and correct the falsehoods, Mm -hmm. these people are going to be walking away with, Wow. Uh, the front of their mind is going to be that one joke about Mormons. Yes. And they're going to walk away with all these misconceptions. And if you don't take the opportunity to correct it in the moment, you have failed in your duty as a Latter-day Saint. Yeah. And not only is it the pressure to defend the church, but the pressure to convert people right. to the church. Yeah. I mean, that is the end goal of the defense. It's not just like, no, 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 I'm normal. And I want you to know that I'm, I'm, you know, not what this is portraying me as it's, I need you to know that the church is a, is a church you could join. Right. And that you it's should like, join. I, I am not this, this is mm-hmm. wrong, but I am different mm-hmm. and it's a good thing. And you could be different too. Yes. In retrospect, that is an insane kind of pressure to put on little kids. Yeah. And I wasn't a little kid in 2002 when this movie came out, but I felt this way as far back as I can remember. Yeah. It's rough when you're that little kid defending Mormonism, like on top of just already getting picked on enough for it. Mm -hmm. Then you're like standing up, you know, in your armor of God for mm-hmm. Mormonism. I should say, we've mentioned this in previous episodes, but we did not grow up in Utah. Right. There, so there's a special little element there. Yes, we grew up in out. the mission field, as people like to say, which, yikes. Yikes. And so, again, there was this pressure to, like, always be on and, like, performing a kind of Mormonism that would be palatable and enticing to people 
so that they would ask you about it. They would want to know, oh, why, why are you this way? Mm-hmm. And you were just like, you always had this like imaginary spotlight on you to represent the church and yeah. defend the church. I mean, sometimes imaginary, sometimes people Very would straight real. up approach you <laughs> and say, are you Mormon? I yep. can tell. Like teachers I mm-hmm. had in school. I remember having a U.S. history teacher who was like, I know you're a Mormon. Why don't you like defend basically the history of Mormonism for this class? Yikes. And it was this thing I felt like horrified to do, but also like I had to do it perfectly. Did you do it? Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, 100%. Yikes. And I told the like squeaky clean, rosy colored version of Mormon history that I knew. Mm-hmm. And luckily my history teacher didn't you know, yeah. know a whole lot more than I did. So it was fine. But just being put in that position, like yeah. what? That's so messed up. So strange. Or like, um, I've told you the story, a friend of mine, her mom was like driving me home one day and was like, I've heard that you're a Mormon. And I said, yeah. And she was like, so it's too bad you don't believe in Jesus. (laughs) And I was like, oh, but I do. And she was like, no, you don't. Mm. And I am a child. (laughs) That's scary. And this adult woman is like, no, you don't. You don't know. And I went home and was just like racked by that experience. I remember the elders came over, the missionaries came over for dinner, maybe not long after. And I told them about that. And they gave me a pamphlet about like Jesus and I gave it to her. Wow. I was a child. That's crazy. You should not have been doing something (laughs) like that. And I gave this adult woman a pamphlet to be like, no, see, we do believe in Jesus. Here's what my church teaches. Like come to me with your questions I'm oh happy my gosh to. I mean what and she's so like okay child yes yeah I have no idea what she thought we never spoke of it again wow uh, but just the fact that I felt compelled to do that is just evidence to me that I was uh under a lot of fucking pressure yeah I remember it coming coming at me from left and right pretty much all throughout my life. People love to say crazy stuff mm-hmm. about Mormons to you. I think it's because Mormons are a little bit defensive. So it's like easy target for kind of crazy people mm-hmm. to be like, I'm going to engage this child and see what they can come up with, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because I'm crazy and I know that. <laughs> this will be fun or whatever I know know. I can win an argument with a small child so how about I go ahead and engage them in one and like nothing this child can say will change my mind Mm -hmm. you know just like if today if I were to go talk to some Mormon child they're not gonna talk me back into being Mormon Mm -hmm. you know I definitely had experiences with adults like that who I think were trying to catch me out to sort of like make themselves feel smart and right and I did get better over time at navigating that like I had a so my high school physics teacher we were in a one-on-one setting I don't know why and he said I hear you're a latter-day saint just like that that exact (laughs) inflection and I could feel it you know like you feel it coming like here Mm -hmm. we go 
this person has an opinion. He said, I'm sure you come from a good family, but I'll pray for you. Okay. And I said, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to say that to me. Mm -hmm. And he immediately looked sort of freaked out. Yeah. Like, oh, this person is not (laughs) going to just let me talk to her this way. Yeah. In in this weird one-on-one setting with our power dynamic. Yeah, that's totally inappropriate. After that, like a couple of things happened that showed me he knew he had overstepped and he was trying to like make sure I didn't turn him in or something. So um, there was a contest where we had to build bridges out of popsicle sticks. My best friend, Andrea, and I built our bridge and it was terrible. It was nonsense. It it was the worst bridge in the class. Mm-hmm. And he chose it as one of like the three bridges from the school to go to this competition where we went to like downtown Seattle and our bridges had like weight put on them and the strongest bridge won. Our bridge collapsed immediately. Yeah. <laughs> At the slightest touch. It was not a, a well-engineered bridge, <laughs> but we were chosen, I think, because he knew he had messed up. Wow. He also created a policy where if you had a certain grade in the class, you didn't have to take the final. And because my bridge had been chosen to go to this contest, I was one of the only people in the class with a grade high enough not to take the final. And so during the final, I sat out in the hall and played Uno with my friend. Wow. And again, I was like, this is because he messed up and he knows it and he's worried I'm going to say something. Man, sometimes your life sounds like you were in a sitcom, you know, uh, a really weird, tragic, awkward sitcom. Yeah. Well, kids, sometimes it pays to be Mormon. <laughs> sometimes it pays to be a Mormon. Get out of that physics test. And I still don't know a thing about physics proudly. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs it? Physicists? I okay. guess. Yeah. 10 out of 10 uncomfortable with that two weeks notice uh, for sure yeah I would say that looking back so I was a kid I was 10 years old when that came out I would have probably been about a seven mm-hmm. I would have been like oh, but I don't think I would have dwelled on it mm-hmm. good for you. I don't think it would have plagued me like it did you good for you Katie that's so healthy yeah I could be healthy let's talk about Gilmore Girls let's talk about Gilmore Girls so there are actually quite a few Mormon references in Gilmore Girls yeah Amy Sherman Palladino did not want to leave us alone no 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 she would not let up she thinks Mormons are a pack of weirdos yeah for sure I think that comes (laughs) through so um there are a few references we could talk about but we wanted to focus on one an episode where Mormons are really in the spotlight And it's season four, episode 10, The Nanny and the Professor. Let me uh, provide a little context about where we are at this point in the series. Mm. It is Rory's freshman year at Yale. The Independence Inn that Lorelai manages has burned down. Mm. And she and Suki and Michelle are working on building the dragonfly. The dragonfly. Also, Suki has just had a baby. So they're having meetings at Suki's house and in walks Tobin, the former night manager of the Independence Inn, Mm -hmm. who is now functioning basically as a nanny for Suki's baby. 
Mm-hmm. And they're all like surprised to see him. You know, they're like, where have you been? And he says he moved to Utah because he saw that there were a lot of opportunities for industrious Mormons. <laughs> and Lorelai says, wait, are you a Mormon? Yeah. And he says, oh, he became one. And a couple of things about becoming a Mormon. He says the paperwork took weeks. Right. Which we can I talk mean, about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, he said um, he was surprised by no alcohol. And Lorelai's like, yeah, they famously abstained. Very famously. Mm-hmm. And then he says the choir was fabulous. But then there's the funny underwear. Mm-hmm. Very unfortunate. Ooh, more low-hanging yeah. fruit for yeah. Mormon jokes. Yeah. So Tobin Lots converts to, to Mormonism. Yeah. Last person you would expect to convert to Mormonism. Last person you would expect, and yet also the first person you would expect. Yeah, I guess you're right. I because guess those- he's like what we know about his character leading up to that is that he's really nice. Mm-hmm. He's passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> He really kisses his boss's ass. So there you go. Pipeline. So before we dig into unpacking this scene, we got to rate it. On a scale from one to 10, how funny is this bit? I think it's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. I'd give it like a seven or eight. I think it's pretty funny too. It's funny. The randomness of the character, Mm -hmm. like you would tell, they like really wanted to shoehorn a Mormon character. Yes. They had some jokes you know, in the chamber. Yeah. Just waiting, you know, so they had, it's to not Tobin. just throwaway references to Mormons. We have a, a real live Mormon in the show. Yeah. We have when someone that who joins happen? the church. I mean, I think the line, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for industrious Mormons is so funny. Hilarious. That is so funny. And also <laughs> it does kind of feel like when you leave the church, like for me leaving the church when I was young and then going through like early adulthood, which like sucks and is hard and you're poor. I remember sometimes feeling like, man, if I had just stayed in the church or like me, if me and my husband went back to church, I feel like we could make a killing among the Mormons. Among the Mormons. No, when I was on my mission, if someone got baptized who was young and single, Mm. they went straight to Utah. Yeah. There was like a baptism to Utah pipeline for young industrious Mormons. And it was like, you're going there not only to sort of, you know, get a job or whatever, but to like be among other young industrious Mormons. Yeah. So uh, eight out of 10, I think. Yeah. It was funny. How accurate? Quite inaccurate. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I think if someone were trying to take advantage of everything that we just explained by like shoehorning themselves into Mormonism, I think nine times out of 10, they'd quickly turn around and like hightail it out of there. Number one. Number two, the paperwork. There is absolutely no paperwork. Um, It's (laughs) legwork. You know, there's some legwork and some time invested for sure. But paperwork, do you sign anything? I can't remember. Is there an initial at any point? I don't I don't know. You might sign something. Uh-huh. There is paperwork. It's like the missionaries, this the bishop, the mission yeah. president. There is paperwork. Sure. You're not doing any of it. But I don't think you as the convert are doing a ton of paperwork. I do think you're doing some. I do think you're signing something. All right, all right, all right, all right. 
I'm going to give it a higher score than you, I think, on accuracy. Okay. Paperwork. I mean, the spirit of that joke is true. Yeah, it's true. Even if it's not literal paperwork, it is so involved. You have to take all these lessons. You have to make all these commitments. You have to have multiple interviews. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I do think there are churches where you can get baptized more easily than Mm -hmm. the Mormon church. For sure. Oh yeah. Some, you just show up. If you are like living with a domestic partner, you have to move out or get married. If you smoke cigarettes, you have to stop for a certain amount of time. Mm. You know, there are these like prerequisites you have to hit that can be sort of substantial and can take kind of a long time. Right. Yeah. And like, let's assume that he was actively drinking alcohol Mm -hmm. when he moved to Utah. Yeah. That's a big that's a bump along the road. Um, so the paperwork part is, I think it's, it's, funny it's funny and pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, the funny underwear, accurate. It's yeah. real. There is some funny underwear going on if you get deep enough. The, the caveat there is you have to have been a member at least a year. Right. To be in deep enough that you're going to the temple, receiving your endowment, wearing the underwear. So Tobin that, had not been through the temple. It hadn't been long enough. No. So I'm going to say six all right six seven elisa okay that's okay i will talk about it later that's not our official score that's not our official score we're it's not going in the database yet we're not gonna fight about it right now because that would be unprofessional yeah we'll fight about it when the cameras are off (laughs) yes okay um how uncomfortable um, Did that joke make you as an active Mormon or would well, that joke have the funny underwear? You? The funny underwear. That is a very taboo Mormon joke. Ooh, Mormons do not like those jokes. No, they do not. That is a turn off the TV right now mm-hmm. moment. How dare you? Which those, you know, it's funny. I think that you and I had different perspectives as kids because you were like more defensive And I was defensive of the church, but I also just like was mostly scared of mom and dad seeing Mm -hmm. me taking in that kind of content, you know? Mm -hmm. So my mind immediately goes to like, oh my gosh, what if I had um, watched that scene with mom or dad in the room and Mm -hmm. how would they have responded to it? Because that's really like all that my brain cared about. Sure. And they would have been so mad. Yeah. I mean, I know they've watched gilmore girls so i wonder how how do they feel we should ask mom about it because i I think she's in the middle of a gilmore girls rewatch right now oh wow we should be like what season are you on what episode are you on yeah kind of tease it out yeah because our parents are also the type who would just like kind of pretend it didn't happen at Mm -hmm. this point in time now that they're older when they were younger they had a lot more zeal so so what's your score on uncomfiness Mm. I don't know. It's hard for me to say. It's hard to put myself in those shoes again, but Mm -hmm. probably pretty uncomfy. Probably a solid seven again. I'm going to say 10. (laughs) In a surprise to no one, it was a 10 for me. (laughs) Oh gosh, man. I was a sensitive little Mormon, I guess. And it's not that I didn't recognize that it was funny. I did. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I didn't even, that I didn't recognize that there were accuracies there. Like for sure. For sure. I was just so on the defensive mm-hmm. about the church, especially at this point in time, this was about 2004, but I mm-hmm. didn't watch it until 
right after my mission. That's when I first watched Gilmore Girls. So I'm at the height of defensiveness. Yeah, you're freshly, freshly traumatized. I have just spent a year and a half trying to convince people that they want to be Mormons. Mm. And that is a tough job. Yeah. It is a brutal work. Mm. And so, you know, that's the mindset I'm in watching this. And I'm just like, how dare they characterize conversion to the church so flippantly Mm -hmm. when it's a thing that's hard and like an important choice and that that makes people's lives better and like oh this is so diminutive of the real experience Mm -hmm. you were ready to fight I was ready to fight I was like how dare you Amy Sherman Palladino let's go and like in retrospect those feelings had way more to do with how deep I was in and how much I'd already devoted to this church I needed it to be true I needed it to be like a positive normal path for people Mm -hmm. otherwise what on earth was I doing what had I been doing for the last year and a half so I was defending myself too at that point Mm -hmm. 10 (laughs) (laughs) it's a 10 I think I'm sensing a theme here (laughs) yeah I'm a little worried about it (laughs) um one thing that it made me think about was kind of like we talked about earlier, how you're raised from a young age to defend the church, but also to like kind of obsessively think about how you can convert people to it. Mm -hmm. And jokes like this, uh, make fun of that Mm -hmm. effort. Yeah. In a way that really hurts. You know, you're a little Mormon kid. You're like, man, I wish that more people were like me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm coming from a place of like being a 12 or 13, 14 year old when I'm watching mm-hmm. this. And I'm like, you know, sure would be nice to not be different, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, that's how people see you. Okay. Yes. Sure. That's the thing. It's such an intense experience to feel like absolute devotion to an institution while also being like embarrassed by it. Yeah. Um, and to feel like you have to defend it, but also you really would rather never talk about it and you wish people just didn't even know. Yeah. There's just like, I, so much turmoil in that space. Yeah. And I think that that's like where you and I took different paths. It's like, I just wanted to not identify with it anymore at a much younger age. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to be independent of this or I am going to be so unhappy because mm-hmm. it made, it would made me so unhappy. And I went age. all in, mm-hmm. all in, and it made me very unhappy. Yeah. All roads led to unhappy. Yeah. It was a um, tough time. So I was thinking about like experiences I had as a kid where I felt like I had to share the gospel and try to convert people Mm. that are like kind of unhinged okay tell me um because that's what Tobin makes me think of (laughs) um so one example I thought of was like I think it was my freshman year of high school my seminary teacher I might have been even younger might have been a Sunday school teacher taught us a lesson about missionary work and we were assigned to like this homework where we were supposed to go home and make a list of everybody we knew who we thought would make a good Mormon. Wow. 
And then you were supposed to like pray about that list and like try to receive promptings from the Holy Ghost about who was ready and who you would share the gospel with or give a book of Mormon to or whatever. So I had that list written in my school notebook. And one day I'm sitting in class flipping through my notebook and my friend sitting next to me and she says, wait, go back to that page. I saw my name on it. <gasps> and I was like, <laughs> no. oh my gosh, Lisa, I don't know if I can nope, listen to nope, this. Nope. <laughs> Even just telling the story, I feel tense. I was just like, no, you can, you cannot see that page. And she's like, why was, why is my name in your notebook? And I think I said, I was just making a list of all my best friends. Uh, that's nice. Which is kind of cute, but she was like, okay, weirdo. Yeah. And honestly, we were not friends after that. Like she kept her distance from me. Yeah. It's a little bit weird. It was so weird. Oh, Lisa, are you sure your life wasn't like a coming of age 90s sitcom? <laughs> it was Ugh. mortifying. Therefore, when I see Tobin, it's a 10. I'm our, the mortification <laughs> is already in me. Yeah, you're primed in my bones. The other example I was thinking of was I was a ward missionary. That was like my calling when I was at BYU Mm -hmm. and I lived in campus housing. I don't think there was anyone who lived within our ward boundaries at that time who was not already a Mormon. Yeah. And you had to be relatively active in the church to even be allowed to stay at BYU. So it wasn't like there was a lot of missionary work to be done in that ward. Yeah. Um, and I remember the ward missionary because we didn't have a lot of stuff to do. He wrote a musical. He wrote and produced a musical <laughs> about the church. That's a that's a story for another day. But whew. anyway, um, because I was a ward missionary and I needed to take my calling seriously, I talked to the ward mission um, president about like, well, what do we do to share the gospel when we're in this BYU ward? And he said, you carry pass along cards with mm-hmm. you everywhere you go pass along cards are like you give them to somebody and it has like a website they can go to to get a free book of mormon or something yeah he's like you carry pass along cards every time you leave campus and you give one away anytime you set foot off campus okay so i was like i i i am like embarrassed to even say this i'm like worried about the internet coming for me for this <laughs> But it's just the truth. We were like leaving pastel and cards as tips at restaurants. Stop. You were that person. We would leave money too, but like, and a pastel. Right. You were that. Listen, I've been on the opposite end of that. Have you? Uh, yeah. You've been given a pastel and card. As a I mean, tip? not, oh, not an LDS pastel and card, but a oh. piece of literature sure. from such and such religion only sure. about a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm like so sorry, Elisa. I don't know if I'm ever gonna look at you the same. <laughs> I look, I don't even know what to say. I can't even recognize myself in these stories. <laughs> you are a completely different person in so, so many ways. The other thing I would do is when I was like on a plane, if I was flying home or something, I always felt this intense pressure to like strike up a conversation with the person next to me. 
try to sort of direct it to the church, try to get them to ask questions and then slip in that pass along card. Mm. It was like a thing I was actively anticipating, not because I wanted to do it. Wow. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. I didn't want to talk to anybody on a plane. I yeah. ever, but I felt like I had to, I felt like I was supposed to. Alisa, I think that this, we've uncovered the Mormon to MLM pipeline. Go on. This is where those two worlds collide so beautifully because mm-hmm. we've talked about this before how mormons fall into mlm culture so mm-hmm. easily it's like it seems like everybody in these freaking mlms is mormon mm-hmm. i mean that's what you're doing you are the annoying person who's like striking up a conversation the other person thinks you're just being friendly oh no i'm trying to sell I'm you i'm trying mascara. to recruit you yes right. and my uh existence within this institution is validated by you becoming a part of it Right. And like materially validated in the case of an MLM. Right. I mean, you do buy into the church. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I feel like I've been really vulnerable and I uh, shared yeah. something I had never planned to talk about. I, I would have taken that to the grave if it weren't for freaking Tobin yeah. and the trauma that that scene brings up for me. Amy Sherman Palladino. Yeah. This How has been revelatory. I will say. In my current state, I don't find that scene uncomfortable at all. No, I think it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. I think the fact that I ever found it uncomfortable is hilarious and embarrassing. really funny. I think that people who currently find it uncomfortable need to take a long, hard look at themselves. Yeah. It is a zero out of 10 uncomfortable. No. Yeah. Come on, people. Get real. You know, this, this conversation has been really beautiful for our relationship. I can see why <laughs> you and I had, I don't want to say difficulties when we mm. were younger. Cause our relationship has always been good. Fine to great. Yeah. I We've would say never, good to great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like there were some times when you were in college where we didn't really interact. Sure. Sure. Other than on holidays. That's fair. Which is not the case now. Now we pretty much are in constant communicado. It, this it, this is interesting. This is healing some some wounds between us. I think for me. And of you know. course, there was distance. I mean, there was physical distance between us because I lived yeah. in a different state. But there was also this distance because I was so deep in this culture. I was at BYU. You were feeling more and more distant from it. Mm-hmm. I was sensing your distance from it and thinking about you in terms of how do I keep her in? Yeah. And to me, it seemed like a withdrawal, Mm -hmm. you know, like you were withdrawing from our relationship because what I did get from you was like, let's say around the time you were on your mission, you Mm -hmm. know, before shortly after it was like our deepest conversations, I feel like were about your testimony. You'd surprise Mm -hmm. me with a, a gift of a book of Mormon with your testimony written in it, which is nice. Obviously, anytime you give me, if you ever want to give me a book and just write about your feelings in it, (laughs) I would love that. I would love that in a different context. If you gave me a book and wrote about how much you love that book and what it meant to you. Or just like how happy you are. That is a 10 out of 10 gift. You could give me that gift anytime. But when it's a book of Mormon, 
no, that's not, that is not. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. No, I mean, I am embarrassed by my behavior during that time in particular Mm -hmm. around my mission, because I think I was just, I was in a rough head space and I was trying to make sense of myself and the world and my beliefs. And ironically, that set me on a path out. Yeah. I mean, you were doing the best you could. Before it set me on a path out, I fought hard to figure out a way to be all in. Yeah, you did. And see, I could say that I feel embarrassed about that time in my life too, because I was on the opposite end of the spectrum, feeling very like a lot of shame. And I think I misbehaved and rebelled in ways that obviously, I mean, that most teenagers do, but you know, I, in retrospect, feel embarrassment about because you didn't need to do all that though if I had had somebody to talk to maybe I wouldn't have yeah it's so ironic when you think about how the claims of the church and of members of the church are that it's all about families and bringing families together it's all about like protecting you from the difficulties of life kind of like putting this like cocoon around you to keep you safe but it actually put distance between us Mm -hmm. yeah for a while yeah And it created scenarios where we were traumatized and Mm -hmm. unsure of ourselves and acting in ways that we don't see ourselves in. No, not at all. Totally floundering. It's a safe place for families so long as the families fit just right into that. As long as they walk the line perfectly. Right. So. I didn't expect this discussion of two weeks notice and Gilmore Girls to go all the way here. No. But I'm really glad we got here, Katie. Yeah. Who needs therapy? Who needs therapy when you have a podcast? Mm-hmm. Let's never speak of the revelations in this podcast again. Okay. I mean, I'm going to talk to other people about it. Not to me. I can't handle it. <laughs> Too cringe. Well, this has been dynamite. Again, if you have a a specific like Mormon reference in pop culture, just like a throwaway joke that you think is significant, send it Mm -hmm. our way. We want to rate it. Please bless pod at gmail.com. Please bless pod. If you've seen it, we've probably seen it Mm -hmm. and we will add it to the database. Yep. Which is very real, which exists. I mean, where (laughs) do you even go from there? Where do you go from here? What are you going to do? To recover. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm gonna need to just sit with myself for a few minutes, come down That's from good. the embarrassment. Yeah. In a couple days we can maybe talk again and yeah. We'll see. I understand if you we'll see where you're space. at. Well, that's all for today, folks. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. And please bless this podcast. Please bless. Amen.